want to talk to you about a topic that in charismatic circles we don't normally talk about. See, in charismatic circles, we want to talk about what? How to receive my healing. How to receive my finances. Now, there's, nothing, there's, no, there's no problem with that at all. That's perfectly fine. We need to talk about finances. We need to talk about receiving your healing. If you need healing, you need to hear about healing. And if you need finances, you need to hear from the Word of God about finances. So there is no problem about that, guys. But guys, here's, here's where I'm going. I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you about a topic, again, that we don't normally talk about in the church. And, and we ought to be talking about it. That it is an issue in the body of Christ. And I've noticed over a period of time, I, I've noticed the severity of this issue and so I want to talk to you about it tonight now the way I'll introduce it is this brother Doug Jones how many of you know brother Doug Jones yep yep he during my time at Rama, I went from 2005 to 2007 he taught a couple different classes and uh, one of the classes he taught was the doctrine of righteousness and so he, he used this example and I, I think it's very relevant to what I'm going to be talking about. But the example was this. He said, you can have three classes. You can have one on healing. You can have a class on finances. And you can have a class on righteousness. And, and, and the class on healing will be packed out. The class on finances will be packed out. But very few people will attend the class on righteousness. So I want to use that as kind of a launching pad tonight. And so I want to, I want to use that comparison. Guys, you can have a class on healing. And you can have a class on finances. And you can have a class on honor. I said you can have a class on honor. And the class on healing will be packed out. The class on finances will be packed out. But the class on honor, guys, the most important class you could attend will be the one that is least attended. It'll be the one that's least attended, and yet it's, it's, it's more important than the healing or more important than the finances. Why is it? Because what you didn't realize is your healing is tied to honor. You didn't realize your finances, they were tied to honor. And so I want to talk to you about the topic of honor tonight. Can we, can we talk about the topic of honor? It's important that we talk about this topic. Now, I'll start out with this, and I'll let you guys turn your Bibles over to Matthew chapter 6. This will give you a moment to get there, and while you're getting there, I suppose I can get there. Oh, praise God. Now, one day I had, um, I had gotten off work, and I was going through the parking lot of where I was working at the time, and I, head down, I went down the flight of stairs, and I went outside, and I got to the parking lot. And all of a sudden, now I wasn't thinking anything in particular at this time. I was just thinking about getting to my car and going home. And so I get halfway to, through the parking lot, and all of a sudden I hear these words out of my spirit. Now, I knew it was my spirit because it sounded like me, but I heard these words in my spirit, and the words were, were these that came out of my spirit. See, my spirit picked up something from God. And, this, and the words were these. It sure seems to me that honor operates a whole lot like a law. It sure seems like to me that honor operates a whole lot like a law. And so I was kind of taken back for a minute. Like, where did that come from? I wasn't thinking anything in particular, but the words came out. And, and so 
And so what I did was I went to my car and I got in my car and I drove home and I walked up the stairs and I went into the kitchen. And as I went to the kitchen, I said, Lord, I said, that's, that's awesome. I said, that's amazing. That's wonderful. But I, I need a Bible verse. I got to have verses to, to validate that. And as soon as I said that, he, he, began, he began to minister to me. And he took me all the way over to Ephesians. And, and I'll, read, I'll read Ephesians for you. And I want to, because I want you to see what verse he took me to. And if you guys could put up Ephesians chapter 6, that'd be awesome. You might beat me to it. But I want to read it before we move on. I'm almost there. There we go. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. Uh, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. But here's where the Lord uh, took me to. He said, honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment, or you could put law in there, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. And again, the Lord said this to me. He said, it sure seems to me that honor operates a whole lot like a law. Or rather, my spirit picked it up. It sure seems, uh, seems to me that honor operates a whole lot like a law. And again, when I got to the kitchen, the Lord showed me this verse, honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment or first law with promise that it may be well with you. Notice there's something attached to it, that when you honor, here's what you get for honor, that it may be well with you. See, God is interested in it being well with you. He wants it to be well with you, but he also wants you to live a long time on the earth. See, people, see, you can have people who live a long time on the earth, but they're on a bunch of medications. Now, if you're on a bunch of medications, listen, it's, it's God can help you. It's, you keep taking your medications by faith. You just take those medications and say, I thank you, Lord, that I'm healed. Because ultimately, before you go home, the Lord wants you perfectly well. He wants you healed. But again, you know, you could live here till 95 to 100 years old and, and you could, you know, you could be on oxygen tanks and medications and be in a wheelchair and, and, be, and have all kinds of physical ailments and issues and be and, you know, live your life a long time like that. But see, God's perfect will is that you can do it yourself, that you can get up and you can go. See, Moses climbed up to his own funeral up the mountain at 120 years old, perfectly well. His eyesight was not dim. He, was not, he wasn't hindered any way physically. He was able to get up the mountain without an issue to walk to his own funeral. See, this is God's will. That when, from the day you're born to the day you leave to, go to be with Jesus, that you are perfectly well. All those days of your life. So again, the Lord said this to me. He says, it sure seems to me, or rather my spirit picked it up. It sure seems to me that honor operates a whole lot like a law. Now in Numbers, the Lord then said to me, after he took me to Ephesians, he began to give me a number of different verses about honor in the Old Testament to show me the severity of honor when you don't honor. So Numbers chapter 12, we don't, don't go there, but you can write these down. Numbers chapter 12, Aaron and Miriam speak against Moses. Miriam, Miriam becomes leprous. Numbers chapter 16, Korah, Dathan, and Abiram rebelled against God and Moses, and the earth swallowed them up. Numbers chapter 21, Israel spoke against God and Moses, and, people, and the people died because serpents came into the camp. 2 Samuel chapter 2, 
verses 23 to 25. Children were mauled by bears after mocking the prophet. So you again see the severity of dishonor. And we wonder why, and I tend to wonder. Now, I, I, can't, I can't say this for your life or anybody else's life. But I tend to wonder if some of the sickness and disease that we see on this earth... Uh, whether, it, whether it's people that are born again or not, is, is, is because uh, they, didn't, they never learned how to honor. And I, and I begin to wonder why, you know, if we would just learn to honor in the church, how much sickness and disease would just go away because we're now operating in the word of God. Now, now I want to begin, I want to start over, and this, that was kind of my intro, so let's get into this. Uh, So in Matthew chapter 6, and we'll go to verse 33. And I'm going to begin talking to you about the foundation of honor in your life. The foundation of honor in your life. In Matthew 6, 33, but seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Now in the kingdom of God, the foundation of all honor begins with putting him first. Again, the kingdom of, in the kingdom of God, the foundation of all honor begins with putting him first place in your life. Now, again, look at Matthew 6.33. Let's read it again. But seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Now, question, you Bible scholars out there. When are all these things added unto you? When, when are all these things given to your life, given into your life. Now, 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 the thing is, guys, the thing is, most believers will say, it, it, see, it's not just when you seek the kingdom. It's not just when you seek the kingdom. Most believers will say to you, Brother Mike, the answer is obvious. It's when you seek the kingdom. That when you seek the kingdom and his righteousness, that is when all these things come into your life, when you seek the kingdom. But they're leaving part of the verse out. Jesus did not believe that it's just when you seek the kingdom. Jesus didn't believe that, did he? It's when you, when you seek first the kingdom. That is when this verse applies. See, people are leaving out qualifying words in this. What qualifying word? First. They're leaving out the word first. They're saying, but seek, seek the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. But it doesn't say that. It says, when you seek first. See, so many people have been frustrated in their life because in their mind, they think, I'm seeking the kingdom. I, I, I'm seeking the kingdom. Why am I not getting the results of seeking the kingdom? Could it be that you just haven't applied all the qualifications? That you are not seeking first the kingdom. You're seeking the kingdom a a little bit in your life. But it's not first place in your life. That the kingdom has to be first place to qualify for this verse. You seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then what happens? And all these things will be added unto you. Now, again, it's because... Um, the reason people aren't getting the results is because the kingdom isn't in its proper position in their life. It's not in, their pro- it's not in the proper place. Now, one day I was again at work, so everything seems to happen before work, during work or after work. I don't know. Um, but one day I'm at, I was at work, 
And I was, my, again, minding my own business. I was eating lunch, just having a sandwich by the window, looking out. And as I did, the Lord um, reminded me, he, he started talking to me about this person that I knew. I, I knew some of the issues that they were encountering. I knew some of the problems that they were facing, some of the circumstances they were having in their life. I knew those things. And the Lord began to talk to me about those things that were going on in their life. And and he, started t- and he started talking to me about those problems, and he said, Mike, the problems that this person is facing, they are, they are uh, kingdom honor related. They are kingdom honor related. Now, you may want to write down the next thing the Lord said to me. Here's the next thing he said. He said, when it comes to the kingdom of God, when it comes to the kingdom of God, If it is not first, then it is not honor. When it comes to the kingdom of God, if it is not first, it is not honor. That it's impossible to honor God in any position other than first place in your life. And yet people are trying to do it all the time. You cannot honor God. It's impossible. Just like it's impossible to please God without faith, it's impossible to honor him with, 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 when he isn't first place in your life. Now, in the book of Malachi, and I'll just read this to you. Malachi chapter 1. It's uh, really close to Matthew here, so not hard to get to. Malachi chapter 1. It says this. The Lord's talking through Malachi, and he, makes a, and he says this statement. A son honors his father, and a servant his master... If then I be a father, where's my honor? And if I be a master, where's my fear, says the Lord of hosts unto you, O priests that despise my name? And you say, wherein have we despised your name? You offer polluted bread upon my altar. And you say, wherein have we polluted you? In that you say the table of the Lord is contemptible or despised. And if you offer the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? And if you offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? Offer it now unto your governor. Will he be pleased with you or accept your person, says the Lord of hosts? Now we can stop there, but I think you get the picture, guys. People have the idea that what they can do is they can virtually do anything that they want in life, and God is just going to accept it. God should just be okay with how you're living your life. Now, he will help you where he can help you in life, where you allow him to help you, but it doesn't mean he's pleased, completely pleased with you in your life. He doesn't just accept anything that we offer him. If it isn't first place, then it isn't honor. You can't honor God in second or third or 40th place in your life. It's not possible. And yet people are doing it all the time. We must stop trying to honor God in any other position but first place in our life. Now, go over to Joshua 1. Joshua 1, Old Testament. Joshua 1. It's on page 299 in my Bible. If you have my Bible. Now, I'm going to relay another story to you. One day, after work, 
So after work, I had, uh, I had gotten off, and I, I went over to my recliner. And I just I sat back in my recliner for a minute, and I closed my eyes, and I made this statement to the Lord. Now, disclaimer, guys, it's not full of faith, so have mercy on me. So I, so I, so I, I leaned back in my recliner, and I closed my eyes, and I'm not expecting to hear anything from the Lord, but I said this to the Lord. I said, Lord, it seems so hard to live a balanced life. Lord, it seems so difficult to live a balanced life. And I heard the Lord say these words. I knew it was him because it was a very authoritative voice. And I almost sensed some sternness to the voice this time. And he, and he said this to me. He, he made this statement in my spirit. I didn't hear it audibly. But in my spirit, I heard these words. He said, I did not call you to live a balanced life. Mike, I did not call you to live a balanced life. I did not call you to live a balanced life. And as fast, as soon as he got done saying it, he took me over to Joshua 1.8. And in Joshua 1.8, let's read this. This book of the law, this book of the law or the word of God shall not depart out of your mouth. In other words, you're supposed to be speaking this all the time in your life. But you shall meditate therein day and night. Pastor Tony would say just twice a day. But day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that's written in there, for then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall have good success. So again, the Lord said to me, I did not call you to live a balanced life. And then he took me over to Joshua 1. And in Joshua 1, it tells you guys that the key here is that this is the priority in your life. So here's the thing, guys. As believers, I'm going to turn this over to you, and I'm going to say, As believers, you are not called to live a balanced life. You are called to live a word-heavy life. You are not called to live a balanced life. You are called to live a word-heavy life. Of all the things the Lord could have told you, of all the things he could have said here, as to be a priority, he said, here is the priority for you in your life. This is that priority, guys. This is the priority above work, above boating, above everything in your life. This is it, guys, that you are to speak the word of God, that you are to meditate day and night in the word of God. This is the priority, number one in your life. This is the number one song on the billboards, numero uno, top of the charts. This is your top priority. He told you that this is the most important thing, the priority of your life. Now, did you ever notice that When things look balanced in your life, if that's even possible, but when things look balanced in your life, you you really can't tell what a priority is. That if your life is a scale, now when we talk about a scale, I wish I had one, but do you know those scales that you, you put stuff on and make it heavy and it goes like this, and maybe you put heavy stuff on this side and it goes like this, that kind of scale? That if your life is a scale, you can't actually tell what a priority is until it's tipped. Here's an example, guys. So if you have God and family, tell me which one's the priority. Well, yeah, but it's, it's equal. Which one's the priority in your life? They're, they're, you, can't, you can't tell. You can't tell, There's, you can't tell what, a, what the priority is because they're equal. What if you had God and finances? Which one's the priority? What about God 
and job. Tell me, which one's the priority? You can't tell until one side is tipped above another what your priority is in life, guys. It's not possible. See, it's impossible to honor God in an environment where his things are not the heaviest things in your life, where his things are not the priority. But, guys, we can all be honest. Nobody lives their life like this. We, we, we talk about it. We talk about a balanced work schedule. We talk about having a balanced life. There's no such thing. Come on. You're always going to have a tip scale. Always. So no matter, what, no matter who you are, no matter what person has ever lived, you, every person always has a tip scale. What's important to you in life? What the priority is? That, that's the heaviest thing in your life. God is saying, I want to be the heaviest thing in your life. He doesn't want to be just here. Barely, barely just above. He doesn't want other things to be above him either. He wants it to be so far apart that your friends can tell. Oh, it's Wednesday night. They're going to church. Don't even ask them if they want to go bowling. Don't, don't, don't even bother. Don't, don't call them. They, I already know the answer. They're going to church. Oh, it's Sunday morning. You can forget it. They aren't going boating. They're going to church. Because God is such a priority in your life. It's so far apart that everybody can tell. Everybody can see it in your life that God is the priority in your life. Go over to 1 John. And you guys can put it up, 1 John 4.4. 4. Now, the Lord showed me that there is an order to this verse. And so what we're going to do is we're going to actually look at the second half of the verse there. And we're going to read that. This is uh, what, what I would call a refrigerator verse. Everybody hangs it on the refrigerator. So, so we'll read the second half. And I'm going to show you again. The Lord showed me that there is an order to this verse. Bec now, I'm just going to read the second half of it. Because greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Because greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Now, if you're taking notes, if you're, or if you're, uh, you, you like marking in your Bible or color coding or whatever you do, do this. If you're taking notes, just write it out. Greater is he, greater is he, and put a one by that. Put a one by greater is he. Number two, that's in me or that's in you. Put a two by that. And then he that's in the world. Then he that's in the world. Put a three by that. And again, the Lord showed me that there is an order to this verse. He's, he also told me this. He said, where there is no order, there is also no honor. Where there is no order, there is also no honor. Guys, notice in this verse what it begins with. It begins with greater is he. It begins with him. It always begins with God first. It always begins. Then it talks about who's in you, you, then he that's in the world, the world. You see one, two, and three. But see, what we've done is we've gotten things out of order in our life. And we've put the world ahead of the greater one. We've made the world priorities our priorities. Instead of making his priorities our priorities. 
We're not talking about, you know, you know, you going on vacation. We're not talking about things like that. Guys, this is a matter of the heart. What's a priority to you? And you can tell what a priority is to people. You can tell it in their life. It's very visible. You can tell it in your own life, and people can tell it about your life. If you're here, I mean, you're here every Sunday. And, and you know, that thing is, you could still be a churchgoer and, and go almost every Sunday, and God could still not be a priority. I did, a, years and years ago, I did an interview for a church. Uh, they needed a pastor. And this, again, years ago. I don't know how many years ago, but years ago. And I sent in, I sent in my CD, and they listened to it. And they called me up and they said, they said to me, um, now, usually I preach about, oh, 45 minutes or so. And they said to me, uh, that was a really long sermon. Uh, are you capable of preaching 15 minutes? No. 15, I said, I just told them, I said, Ed, that's not even possible. I said, no, you, you are never going to get fed in 15 minutes. See, here's the thing. People can sit down for a three-hour movie and think nothing of it. Nothing of it. They can go watch a sporting event for four hours and think nothing of it. But you come to church for an hour and a half. Oh, sweats. Like, is this preacher ever going to be? I am hungry. Oh, no problem at all, sporting events. No problem at all watching a movie. Man, that was a great movie. Oh, that was, what a game. Wow, great game. But no, you know, you get to church and we, we throw up our hands like, oh, it went more than a half hour. Can you not tell what the priority is? Hmm? Hello. Now, again, you can see that there is an order to this verse. Now, I wanted to get over to this and I'm glad we did. I don't know that we'll have enough time to get to all three of these, but we'll get to what we can. The Lord showed me this too. You know, if you, if you don't receive from the Lord, it's probably not worth receiving. The Lord is good. Now, I want to show you these, I want to show you these things, guys. This is important. Now, he showed me that there are three types of honor that are outlined in his word. There are three types of honor that are outlined in his word. Now, the first kind of honor or the first type of honor is positional honor. Positional honor. We're, you know, like your boss president. We're talking about somebody in a position, positional honor. The second type of honor is possessional honor. Possessional honor, you know, like owning something and, and, you know, honoring somebody because they owned something. Possessional honor. The third type of honor is honor that is connected to works or honor that is based, uh, based in works. So those are the three types of honor that We'll see if we have enough time, but we'll get through one or two of them. But again, those are the three types of honor. Now, we think in our society, especially in the world, that really there's only one type of honor. And that's the only type of, there's only one type of honor that we really recognize. And that, that honor is, that, that, or excuse me, that honor is the one that's based in works. That is the honor that the church and the world generally recognize. That we think that there's only one type of honor and that's the one that we are most familiar with, which is honor that is based in works. See, see, here's the thing. How do I want to say this, Lord? 
we think that, again, we think it's all based on works. And, and, and so let's, let's talk about positions for a second. We understand positions, don't we? We think about the president, congressmen, senators, firemen, policemen, pastors, teachers. We understand that there are positions, don't we? We got that. We understand there's such thing as positions, but here's what we do. Guys, here's what we do. We think for us to honor, positions have to meet our performance, performance criteria, that they have to meet our performance standards. And here's how we do it. We say, I don't like the way you looked at me. I don't have to honor you. Well, I don't like what you said to me. I don't have to honor you. Well, I don't like the fact that you didn't acknowledge me. You didn't even look at me. I don't have to honor you. Or some people do this to their pastors. They'll say, you, you talked about an area of my life that's off limits. That's off limits. You, you, how dare you speak about that area of my life that's off limits? And I'm not going to honor you anymore. I refuse to honor you anymore because you've done it. In fact, I'm just going to leave the church. I'm going to walk out because I don't like the way you said it. I don't like what you talked about. This area is off limits. And all the while, God was trying to help this person open that door so he can begin a work in their life to get things changed. Now, again, we talked about this, that there are three types of honor. Positional, possessional, and honor that's connected to works. So let's go, because of time, let's go talk about... The very last thing I was going to talk about will now become the very first thing I'm going to talk about. Let's talk about possessional honor. Possessional, or I'm sorry, positional honor. Positional honor. Now, turn your Bibles over to Genesis 2. Genesis 2. And we're going to start there in Genesis 2. And actually, we'll stop, start in Genesis 1. So, correction, Genesis 1. Now, what you're seeing happen in our nation, what you're seeing today with the rebellion, the rebellion in the school systems, the rebellion in the political arenas, this rebellion did not start here. It started with mother and father at home. Mother and father, guys, if you're a mother and father, have some mercy on me. It's okay, guys. I'm going to step on some toes for a minute. It's okay. So, it started with mom and dad at home. They didn't bother teaching you or they didn't know anything about honor. And so they'd let you do and say and, and do anything you wanted to do and say anything you wanted to say as if it was okay. And so now you see through, now you see through years and decades later, you see all this stuff happening, the political upheaval. You see these problems in the school system because parents didn't bother teaching their kids anything about honor. Either they knew it, they didn't teach them, or they, or they didn't know it, and they didn't teach them. Now, let's look in Genesis 1. And I'm going to start with the very first case of positional. Again, we're talking about positional honor between God and man. Let's look at the very first case. And I want to start in Genesis 1, and let's start in 27. In verse 27, it says this, but God created, for, so God created man in his own image, and in the image of God created he him, male and female, created he them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth. 
subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the every living thing that moves upon the earth. Now, we can stop there. Now, jump over to chapter 2 and go to verse 15. So we saw in chapter 1 God giving man authority upon the earth. God giving man dominion and authority upon the earth. But let's look at 2.15. It says, And the Lord God took the man and he put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and keep it. Now, Again, here's what we're talking about. The very first case of positional honor between God and man. Now, did God create Adam in the garden or outside the garden? He created, yes, he created man outside the garden. Now, why didn't God just create him in the garden? I mean, instead of he creates him outside the garden and then picks him up and puts him into the garden. Why didn't God just, hey, for convenience sake, just create him in the garden? He, I believe he did it for a very specific reason. I believe he did it to show a couple characteristics of himself to mankind. So I want to talk about these two characteristics. The first one is the grace of God. The grace of God. God did not make Adam work his way into the garden. He did not make Adam earn his way into the garden. He didn't go, Adam, what you have to do is you have to earn your way into the garden. You have, to, you have to work to get yourself into that garden. You have to, you're going to have to pull some, I mean, some amazing things to get into the garden. God did not make Adam to work his way or earn his way into the garden. God's grace picked Adam up and placed him in the garden. Do you see that grace, the, God, the grace of God was present from the very beginning? Now, get this. God created a grace-based system that was not dependent on the fall of man. God created a grace-based system that was not dependent on the fall of man. It was already, grace was already introduced before the fall of man. See, our problem is that we think that we got to mess up to activate the grace of God in our life. We got to miss it. For the grace of God to be activated. And so we limit the grace of God to simple forgiveness. Would you guys do me a favor? Would you put up Jude uh, verse 24? Jude 24. I'll wait for it to come up. Jude 24. That was quick, guys. Wow. Now unto him that is able to keep you from what? Keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Guys, God is able to keep you from falling. See, grace isn't just there when you fall. It's there to keep you upright, to keep you standing, to keep you from missing it. See, in our minds, the grace of God is simply there when we fall. Oh, I fell because this is what all humanity does, is we miss it, we get it wrong. Oh, I said the wrong thing to my wife. I said the wrong thing to my husband. Oh, I, I, you know, I messed up at work. Oh, I got frustrated. And, and, and see, the grace of God isn't just designed for it when you miss it. Now, it, thank God it's there when you miss it. Lord, I missed it. Forgive me. Lord, I thank you. I receive my forgiveness in Jesus' name. Guys, it's there when you miss it. But guys, it's also there to do what? To keep you from falling. But we haven't been looking for it to keep, it, keep us from falling. It is able to help us increase in life. The grace of God is more than just 
a fall-based system. It's there to help you get up and not just get up, but stay up and stand up and not fall. Did you, do, you, do you see this? That Adam did not miss it. He did not mess up yet. He did not fall into sin yet. And the grace of God picked him up and put him into his God-given position. Now, let's go to the second one here. We talked about the first, one, the first attribute of God is the grace of God. The second one is we're going to talk about the honor of God. We talked about the grace of God. Now let's, now let's stop and talk about the honor of God. Notice that God moved his man, Adam, who had God-given an authority. And what he did was he moved him into the very best. God moved his man from a place of good to a place of the very best. See, from the very beginning, God was revealing to man how those in positional authority in our lives should be honored. He said, he, here's what God did. He looked, he looked down and said, Adam, where you are, where you are, it, it's good, but I've got to move you to the very best. I've got to pick you up and move you from the good into the very best. And so what he did was he picked him up and he placed him into the middle of Eden. And he said, here, I'm going to move you into the very best because you're my man with authority on the earth. And I want to show all humanity how we are to treat those who have authority. I want to show those that those have that, who have position in your life. I want to show everyone how they are to be treated. And so what God did was he picked man up. He picked Adam up who had the authority he had the position, and God picked him up and said, here's how you're going to do it. You're going to pick that, pick that person up. He's going to pick that person up, and he's going to put him into the very best. This is how we are to treat our leaders, our pastors. Stop talking about them. Well, Joe, he's just a terrible president. Don't refer to him as Joe. He is President Biden. I don't care if you don't like it. I don't care if it hurts your feelings. He is President Biden. He is. I, yes, we voted for President Trump, or some, probably most of us did, but he's in office. President Biden is in office. This is what we do. We honor our presidents. We honor our leaders. We honor our pastors. This is what we do. God showed us from the very beginning how we are to honor those in authority. Now, one easy way to do this is simple, simply waiting. Waiting. I said waiting. Now, who should wait on whom? Should parents wait on their children? Sure seems like we got a lot of that. I told you an hour ago to pick up your room. Why is it not done? Because I didn't feel like it. I told you half hour ago to get your shoes on. We got to get out the door. Church is starting. Why didn't you get them on? Hey, I'm busy watching YouTube. You know, these cats are on there. Who should honor whom? Parents should not be honoring their children necessarily. Children, you ought to be honoring your parents. Should teachers wait, wait on students? Should employer wait on employee? Should those who have spiritual oversight wait on their people? Now, 
this is a little tricky, a little tricky subject because here's the thing about it is as, as those in authority or a pastor, they want to help you, but you need to be, you need to be, if, if, the, if pastor invites you to dinner or lunch, one, one quick way to do that is, you know, be a couple minutes early before he's there. If you can, if you can, don't make him wait on you. You know, it's been a half hour. I'm sitting here. Is Mike going to show up today? 45 minutes later. It shows you don't honor the office that God put him in. So it's, it's important that we honor those offices. Now, let's talk in Ephesians chapter 6. Go, let's go there now. Ephesians chapter 6. I can see we're going to get one thing out of the way. That's okay, though. Praise God. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Verse 2, honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you, and that you may live long on the earth. I want you to notice that children do not pick their parents. That choice is determined for them. Now, I don't know anybody on this earth who was ever born who picked their own parents, their own birth parents. They did... Raise your hand in here if you looked over the balcony of heaven and, and said, yeah, I'll pick them. I'll take the Kennedys, the Bushes. I'll take them. I'll take the, the LeBron James. I'll take, I'll take them as my parents. How many of you did that? Nobody did that. Children do not pick their parents. That choice is determined for them. Now, in 1 Timothy 1-2... And, and also in 1 Timothy 5.1, you'll find out that it talks a little bit about this, but there is a spiritual father and a spiritual mother. Paul refers to Timothy as a spiritual son, his own son in the faith. Well, Paul didn't have anything to do with Timothy's natural birth, but he had everything to do with Timothy's spiritual birth and spiritual growth. So there are going to be people that are introduced into your life that has something to do with helping give you give uh, spiritual birth to you and help grow you up spiritually. God ordained people that are going to be introduced into your life, that are there to help grow you up, and that you're supposed to honor. God gives you people. I want you to get this. God gives you people to honor. Notice what it doesn't say here. Or rather, look at what it does say. It says, Children are to do what? Verse 2, honor your father and mother. Honor what? Honor your father. Honor your mother. Honor those that have been given oversight over you. Guys, you, you are giving. Notice that you didn't have anything to do with choosing them. And you also don't have any choice in whether you're going to honor. You, he, God believes that if, if he puts, you, puts somebody over you, that you're going to honor them. You're going to honor the pastor that he gives you. See, in our society, it's funny here, because we think we pick churches. And we think we pick pastors. Well, I don't really like the church I'm going to. I'm just going to pick a different one. I don't really like the pastor. Uh, I, I liked him when, it, you know, the first four years. But, you know, the sermons are all the same now. So I'm going to just, uh, I think I need to move on to more spiritual things. And go to another, go to another church and hear and be under a different pastor. See, God didn't instruct you. He didn't tell you that you're to go be under, under a different church 
and under, under, under a different pastor. Now, he could, but, but in, in the vast majority of cases, he doesn't do that. You just decide to get up and leave. But God gives you pastors, and he says, you're to honor them. You're to honor your pastors. You're to honor those people that have been elders in your life. People that have helped grow you up. You're to honor them. And I don't just mean the people that you see on TV. I mean your pastor here. I mean your associate pastor here. I mean those people that, that, uh, that, that are serving the church in, in positions of authority. You're to honor those people. Wherever God puts you, that you're to honor them. Now, when it comes to positional honor, we must be careful not to blend works in with it. That we begin to look at somebody in authority over us and we think that we've got to do something to earn, or earn, their, uh, earn my honor. That they've got to do something to earn my honor. We've got to be careful. Well, Pastor Tony has to earn my honor. No, he doesn't. Look here, it says, honor your father and mother. Notice he doesn't put anything after it and say, if they do this... Or if they don't do this, or if they say this, or don't say this, he doesn't say, he says, honor your father and mother, end of story. This is what you do. And, and so, in verse 2, he tells you that we are to honor our father and mother. Nowhere does he mention that we are to honor our father and mother if they meet our standards. Nowhere does he say that it's okay to honor them if, they're don't, if they don't qualify in our eyes. So we must be careful that we aren't, we aren't just dishonoring them because we think that works is blended in with it. And this is what, this is the, the problem that we're seeing in the church is that we're blending works in with positional honor. God has, God has given us positional honor in the church that, that the pastor's part of that position, that we are to honor those in authority over us and even if you don't like what they said to you or how they said it in a sermon, no matter what, guys, you just honor them. Because this is right in the eyes of God. That we are here to honor those in authority over us. Well, let's go ahead and just stop there. And maybe another day we'll talk about um, honor that's based in works. I had some really, God gave me some really interesting stuff there. And then... Uh, talk about possessional honor, but Lord, we just thank you for tonight.